0: Thank you for tuning in to this podcast, where conversations with basketball in the center is right up our alley. I'm your host, Lorenzo Sun, but it's Enzo for short, and this is B Street.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wanna reach the pylon. Pull up and skirt with a python. Pull up and stay with a viper. Never like snakes, they swiper. I get a
0: Wi Fi, Mary.
1: Open the door, explorer. Walk in a room. Mm-hmm. No fruit of the loom. Mm-hmm. I'm just dancing. I'm just prancing. More
0: Vincent. Less romantic. Yo, 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 what's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to episode three of B Street. This episode, we have another special guest, Evan Campbell, who is actually my roommate. <laughs> I wanted to have him on this podcast because whenever we talk basketball, you can really tell he knows what he's talking about, and I just love having conversations with him. Besides being an avid basketball fan, Evan is a youth ministry major. During the summer, he works as a counselor with Inspire Sports Camp in upstate New York. This episode will be tackling the loyalty, or lack thereof, in basketball fans, his work with Inspire Sports Camp, and youth ministry in general. Before I continue, I just want to say that you guys can help sustain this podcast for future episodes with a small monthly donation using Anchor. Any amount will help, and I really, really appreciate all your support. All the links will be in the description, including the website for Inspire. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you guys can excuse the tiredness in our voices. It was a crazy, crazy week, but we still had a lot of fun recording it. Enjoy, guys. What's up, guys? Again, welcome to B Street. Thank you, Evan, for being a guest. It's my pleasure.
1: Yeah, what's yeah. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Yeah, I love having you. love the conversations we have, man. Yeah, I mean... Everything from sports to music to really just being brothers this past semester I mean I couldn't ask for a better roommate so that's crazy
0: too that was like random that we got yeah. together and we're in a triple if you guys don't know uh, we're dormant in the triple room and our third guy just didn't show up and <laughs>
1: blessings in disguise that's what I like to say So, <laughs> yeah so uh
0: first I want to talk about um, who did you follow growing up because I know that your dad Grew up like near Chicago or something. You want to talk a little yeah, bit about
1: that? my dad grew up um, in Michigan, and he was closer to, closer to Chicago than he was to Detroit. Um, so he grew up liking all Chicago teams, um, except basketball, <laughs> um, which is kind of funny. So like, I'm a diehard Cubs fan. I'm a Bears fan, Blackhawks fan. I'm actually wearing my Blackhawks jersey right now. Um, <laughs> You know, fun. We, we, we have the most recent championship, so yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, then University of Michigan for bas- for literally any sport, really. Um, but then for basketball, when my dad was growing up, the Bucks were always on TV because. That's when they had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's when they Big had o. Big O. Yeah. Um. And so they were good. So they were always on TV. So when my dad would watch TV and watch basketball on TV, it was them always playing somebody else. So he's like, "Oh, it's the most consistent team that I see on TV. So I'm gonna choose this team to follow, so I can actually follow someone." Yeah. Um. So he grew up being a Bucks fan. Um. Even through the rough times when we're drafting Andrew Bogut with the number one pick, and that's crazy, it doesn't hey, pan out. He
0: got a ring now,
1: so <laughs> yeah. What did he do to get that ring? That's the question. Um. But the question was, who did I follow growing up? Yeah. Who did you follow growing up? Um. Well, I'm not much of a basketball player. Um. I'm actually like physically like I'm not good at basketball. Enzo knows this. Like, um. <laughs> not too shabby. Yeah. Not too shabby. But uh, I love. I loved Allen Iverson. Um, we literally said that the last
0: episode we said, you know, like Allen Iverson was a guy going up. Oh
1: my gosh. Allen Iverson literally like n- not having the height, but just his quickness. Um, and really just the magic that he could do with the ball, um, was something that was just exciting to watch. Um, but as a Bucks fan, Michael red, um, yeah. was a huge part of my childhood. I loved watching Michael red, um, Ray Allen, even like I when I was growing up, I wasn't old enough to really remember Ray Allen, but just understanding the legacy that he had in Milwaukee mm-hmm. um, really was just something that I had to go back and look at tape and watch videos just to see if I could grasp at least some of that legacy. Yeah. Um, when he still had hops. When he still had yeah. hops, when he was not just a three-point shooter yeah. in the corner for the Miami Heat to uh, send them to Game 7 in the NBA Finals. Um, But, you know, just seeing all that, I'm a huge college basketball fan. Um, University of Michigan's run to the championship, not this past year, um, but against Louisville, when they had Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway, Glenn Robinson, Mitch McGarry. Yeah.
0: Again, Um, like, I really think that if Kevin didn't get injured, that was Michigan's year. Because I feel like Louisville didn't really... uh, tap all they had all their potential until they actually like had that heart and had like alright yeah. we gotta do this now
1: yeah. yeah all I wanted to say though is that it was a clean block Trey Burke <laughs> packed that off the backboard it was clean <laughs> that was not a goal 10 <laughs> but I mean we can't change that now and then now we find out that they cheated the whole time so they yeah. vacated that national championship anyways yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah uh, I asked that question cause you know Nowadays, not a lot of people are loyal to a fan base. Mm. I mean, like, they follow, like, a player, but they don't really follow. Because I've, I've been following the Lakers as early as I can remember. And it sucks being a Lakers fan right now because, yeah, we have LeBron. And at first, like, if you talk to my friends. Like, I, I've been saying, like, yo, we don't need LeBron. He can stay out of here. I'd rather have, like, five more years of terrible seasons than get LeBron. Uh, but when he, just, when he said, yo, I'm going to transfer – to another team I was like oh I guess he's going to come to the Lakers uh, and I call that Oh, I don't think it's going to be a basketball decision because he's in this last 5 years and it's a business decision Yeah it's a for bit, him. definitely a business decision especially and a family with, decision
1: uh, with Spring Hill Entertainments Yeah you know he's yeah. trying to get that off the ground as well yeah. and like um,
0: what better place to retire than Hollywood you know true um especially when he has the amount of followers that he has and the amount mm. of fans that he has but just, as I was saying, it just sucks being a Lakers fan, because I say I'm a Lakers fan, and people were like, oh, man, you're like a bandwagon. I'm like, no, stop playing, man. I it remember was... the Smush Parker days. I remember mm. when we had uh, Kwame, Kwame Brown. Brown. <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. I, I will never forget that Stephen A. Smith segment um, when y'all traded for Pau Gasol, um, and y'all traded Kwame Brown and Stephen A. Smith yelling, Kwame Brown is a bona fide scrub. <laughs> I... I will always go back to that tape and just laugh and just oh, laugh. Man. Um that team was special though with Powell,
0: We had Shannon Brown. Shannon Brown Sasha, was that finished. dude. Yo, Shannon Brown, Shannon was, Brown my man, was that yo. dude. He would like jump from all the way up and just oh, yeah.
1: slam it down. He was that dude.
0: Yeah, so like back to like loyalty, loyalty. first like why is it important that we ha- we have a team that we follow? Cuz I'm a Lakers fan uh with ba- uh college basketball, I'm UCLA. With like for my Filipinos listening, I'm at the nail Blue Eagles all the way, uh, go Admu. But yeah, why is it important that we have a base that we're we're loyal to? What what do you, what's your input um, on that? I or feel is like, it important to follow the sport?
1: Um, well, for me, like sports, sports like is my life, um, and I feel like it's important to have a fan base of a certain team, uh, because really, sports crosses <clears throat> cultures, um. You know, no doesn't matter if you're black, doesn't matter if you're white, doesn't yep. matter where you're from. Uh, sports is always one thing that can bring people together. Yep. Um, and so, I mean, for me, I, like, coming to this school, there are a lot of Cubs fans here. Um, and, like, or I'll be walking around campus with my Giannis yeah. jersey. Yeah. People be like, yo, like, dope jersey, like, fear the deer. And yeah. I'll be like, hey, or, like, go Cubs go. Or when I wear my Urlacher jersey. Yeah bear down and just like people recognize like oh like we're fans of the same teams we're gonna get along Yeah. um so i feel like the importance of having a i guess a love for a, for a team or for a mm-hmm. fan base um goes beyond just a sport yeah um and really it's just like it connects people that really wouldn't connect outside yeah. of not having that common love yeah. for a team or a sport yeah
0: and it's tough to really, like, follow the sport for a long time without having a team. Like, you can't say, like, oh, yeah, you know, I love basketball. I love basketball so much. But you just jump in from one team to another, mm-hmm. one team to another. Or as Drake would say, you know, I, I just have two teams. Mm. Uh, the Raptors and whatever team is winning. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's, uh, I, I definitely agree with you that for the integrity of the sport, like, you need that team that you're just following again like i could be in the philippines i could be in pennsylvania and the west coast east coast if i see a guy who's like a genuine lakers fans like we have like um it's something that you can't really recreate with anything Mm -hmm. like i've been saying like in my first episode i said like basketball is more than like putting a ball through the hoop it's about the community and i love the sport so much because it literally brings people together from all around the world Mm -hmm. in every country every state and it especially revolves around the team that you root for Mm. and a follow-up uh follow-up to that question is uh why do you think there's a lack of loyalty because i think there's a lack of loyalty right now to certain teams oh definitely yeah why why do you think that's the case and like why do you think there are more people just following certain
1: players um going back to the drake thing okay actually um fun fact shout out to walk the talk my 20-man fantasy football league um (laughs) this are you winning that I'm six and four right now, so That's not, not bad. I'm not chilling bad. at the eight seed right now in the playoffs. <laughs> not bad. So uh, yeah, gotta keep winning. But yeah. um, last last year, my team's name was Drake's new favorite team. <laughs> um, so it's <laughs> kind of funny that you brought that up. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to the question about loyalty. Um, I feel like there's a lack of loyalty in the sport in mm-hmm. general because there's a lack of loyalty in the players. Mm. Um, you okay. know teams start going down teams start losing yeah um and you see players asking for trades you see players you know not respecting the risk that the organization took on them to draft them in the yeah. top 5 yeah um and it's like oh they're not as good as i want them to be i'm going to i'm going to ask for a trade i'm going to leave i'm going to mm-hmm. do whatever i want to do um, and not really have any respect for the organization. Okay. And so when the players have no respect for the organization, why would you think that the fans would have respect for the yeah. same organization? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's uh-huh. where they live. <clears throat> yeah, that's their hometown team. But really, it's like, if you if the players don't grow a love for that organization, yeah. and you and they don't play with yeah. the love of that organization that they yeah. have... What makes you think that the fans will have the same love yeah. for the organization that the players don't have?
0: And I think that's why uh, there are more loyal fans in college basketball than than NBA basketball oh, yeah. because you don't really say much of the jump. And if you do see the jump, it's um, more of a necessary move than like
1: something like, oh, I just mm. want to
0: move just to move to a better team.
1: Um, but And the thing is, in college basketball, yeah. they... I feel like the transfer rules, I love the transfer rules, how they have to sit out a year. Yeah. Unless um, like they sign a waiver unless, or something, but yeah. Unless there's a waiver or something happens like with allegations on the university. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love that because I feel like that rule kind of preserves the loyalty. Yeah. Um, Whereas like, oh, I, you know, I, my team isn't doing as well as I want them to, and I'm a mm-hmm. really good player who's on a bad team. Yeah. I'm just going to transfer to a bigger college and play yeah. for them now. Like, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, I think it's exciting. I love college basketball. Yeah. Um, I think college basketball is... I think March Madness is the greatest yeah. postseason tournament in sports. Um, uh, yeah. Any sports. Any sport. Yeah.
0: Even, like, in the Philippines where we don't really follow
1: college basketball here in the States. But, like, March Madness is still a big thing. Like, mm. it's crazy. And the thing is, it's like, you want to see people come together March Madness the amount of people that have come together around March Madness um, is actually kind of belie- like unbelievable. Yeah. Like People who do not follow basketball at, at all, all Yeah. will be sitting next to you yelling at the TV because Loyola Chicago hits a game winner against they'd Tennessee. They'd
0: be making brackets they'd be joining leagues for
1: like bracket games oh like- yeah they'll be throwing money in pools and picking teams they've never heard of yeah. and it's like, like my mom my mom, she, she roots for teams like that are on her bracket, and then, mm. like, she'll be talking about the teams and she'll say we. she will be like, "Oh, like we're losing." I'm like, "Who's we?" <laughs> and like, since we're all University of Michigan fans, I'm like, "Michigan's not playing right now. Who's yeah. we?" <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, like Loyola Chicago." I'm like, "Oh man, when, had,
0: how far did she have Loyola going?" I, because I had, had them in the Sweet Sixteen. She I didn't had think them, they were had them go that far. She but.
1: had them in the Elite Eight really yeah my mom like pulls these picks out of nowhere um <laughs> but like she'll be referring to teams in the tournament she'll be like yeah we um yeah. you know we're not doing so hot right now like we're not shooting well from three i'm like who's we and like she'll be like oh this team oh that team i'm like oh like you taking ownership now like you're with that team yeah until they lose then you until know they lose and so that's kind of like her mindset for the tournament but uh <laughs> you know like it's, it's just still kind of funny how like People who aren't that involved in sports will come around March Madness, and they'll all of a sudden be as involved as Eddie, as yeah everybody else was the entire season yeah
0: and a little something about the rule because uh, I like the rule that they have in, um Nancy in here in the states I just want to talk a little bit about college basketball in the Philippines uh, I think it is important that there is a one year you know transfer you know you have to sit out a year um, for it to, to be eligible to play. Um, but they in the Philippines they have a rule where because you uh, there are schools that have university and then they have high school and grade school they have the whole you know educational system like the whole k-12 thing into college mm. um and there's a league called UAAP um University of Athletics something U A P uh, with Ateneo, La um UP and actually went to Ateneo for a year but back to topic um, they have a rule where if you transfer from the high school to the uh, another college in the same, uh, same conference, but the different college in the high school, then the college that's above your high school, mm-hmm. then you need to sit out two years.
1: Oh, so it's like, say I go to, for example, like, Liberty has. Say I go to UP. Yeah if i go to a different college other than up's college i yeah. have to sit out two years yeah
0: if you go to the to that in the same conference so have, so i go to athenaeum let's say you go to up let's say i'm recruiting you from high school and then you you play for us you need to sit out two years which i think is definitely crazy like if you're sitting out i don't even think it's right for you to sit out for a year if you transfer from high school to um, college i think the the what they need to regulate is the amount of budget that they're able to use because, yes, um, there are bigger schools that have more revenue, more money, better education that sort of pulls these players to their, their teams. That's why there's, you know, these big dynasties. But I really don't think that benching a player like this top recruit, because no matter w- how good they are, if they set up for two years from a competitive like culture, mm-hmm. and they don't play like practicing with a team a good team and playing against a good team are two completely different oh, things. Yeah. You cannot replicate the competition that you have in a game, you can't replicate that in practice. Like, no matter how hard you try. So I think really that that rule should be scrapped. I've been saying this ever since that it was introduced, but I uh, really like the rule for you to set out one year when you transfer, I think that's an important rule. So people just don't flip-flop, flip-flop. Um, and then from, the
1: NCAA turns into the NBA all yeah, over again. Yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. And uh, you were saying something, you know, teams moving. Uh, the uh, the reason why you think there's a lack of loyalty in the fan bases, because uh, you know the players aren't loyal. I just want to uh, hear a little bit more about that. Yours, because um, I was thinking, you know, with Jimmy Butler's mm-hmm. situation where he was just looking for like for more money, or to um, KD's situation where he you know just lost. And it's like well, you know what, I'm just go to this team like. Can you talk a little bit the ba- uh, a- yeah. about those both contracts? Because, like, Jimmy Butler was just looking for uh, his best interest. Like, performing – I mean, they're both looking for the best interest. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's uh, the NBA is a business. Um, but it was more of a practical thing. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, yeah, I don't think I'm getting, you know, what I'm worth. And I don't think um, this is a team for me if you guys are not, you know, willing to pay me what I'm owed, you know. Yeah. Because uh, I-, I believe I'm the best player on this team. And Katie's like, yeah, you know, I just give up on this team. I'm just move to another team. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, I think two, both situations are completely different. Okay. Um, Katie's situation looked a lot worse because they lost. They can't. They lost in the, the conference lead. finals. Yeah. Lost the three one lead against mm-hmm. the Warriors. So that looked a lot worse because of the conference finals matchup. Yeah. Um, do you think that if. He didn't lose to the Warriors or
0: lose a 3-1 lead, or even just if he didn't lose to the Warriors in the playoffs,
1: if he would still transfer. I feel like not that year. You think he would eventually, though? I I think that eventually he would have left. Because was he a restricted free agent? He was... He was an unrestricted free agent after that year. I feel yeah. like he would have signed a one- or two-year deal and then left again. And then left.
0: Okay.
1: Um, you don't think he would have maxed out? Cause he, no. He could because have gotten the max contract. The I think a big reason why he left yeah. not only was to win a ring, but there were games where Russell Westbrook was trying to take game-winning shots in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. trying to take it down the stretch, when mm-hmm. everybody knew that yeah. Kev- Kevin Durant was a was better guy, player. Yeah. And he is the guy there. Yeah. Um, and so I felt like Durant was getting tired mm-hmm. of playing with Westbrook to a point where he's like, no, he was like, oh, I'm the Jordan and you're Scottie's the top. Yeah. trying to be Jordan. And if you're gonna play like that, then I'm just gonna leave. Exactly. Okay. And so um, I feel like he knew also that, hey, I need a ring to just, just to Push establish. My yeah. my hall of fame legacy mm-hmm. and make sure that i'm in the hall of fame he's a hall of famer for sure oh like, yeah but there will always be an asterisk there will always be always. an asterisk next to him because yeah. of this move yeah um and the thing is like we look at carmelo anthony mm. it's like top 15 top 20 scorer of yeah. all time his greatest accomplishment was winning the olympics and it wasn't even like his doing yeah he had a bunch of studs around him. Yeah. You know, he did not take a team yeah. where it wasn't an all-star team yeah. and won anything He with couldn't it.
0: take a team and bring like...
1: Exactly. I remember so, when he
0: played in the Nuggets, that was a really good team. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had Chauncey Bell up to them. He even had uh, Allen Iverson for a little mm-hmm. bit. But that was a really good team. But uh, I think they lost... No, they lost to the Lakers. They also lost to the Suns uh, a couple times um, when they had Steve Nash... Sean Marion. Sean Marion. Sotomayor. 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 Yeah.
1: Yo, that team was... That was a good team. That's one of the low-key, like, great teams of this, you know, of the 2000s. Yeah. I love that team. But, yeah. um, So, like, I feel like Kevin Durant did what he needed to do to establish his legacy. Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't popular. It wasn't the popular decision. He made that move knowing that there were going to be people who hated that move. Yeah. Um, and he went and did it anyways mm-hmm. I 100% think that he's gone after this year I feel like he won his titles yeah now he's gonna go and move on to a place where yeah. maybe it might start being business decisions like it yeah. was with LeBron Um, but he's gonna move on to something else mm-hmm. and to be honest with his talent to be honest I see what you did there <laughs> to be honest I, <laughs> keep <going>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> with the you know, with talent around him, we even a little bit of talent around him, I think that he could if he stay if he goes to the east, he could push for another title.
0: Yeah, if and if he does that, I think it would sort of be a remedy mm. to what people you know, what people think of K D. Uh how come he's getting like so much backlash for his move, but when like LeBron does his moves or whatnot, like how come he doesn't get the same heat? What do you think
1: anyway? Um Again with the conference matchup, I think the conference finals matchup. I think that's a lot of backlash. People were saying he's taking the easy way out. Yeah. Um, and like when he first made the move, my initial reaction was, Mm basketball is all about winning. Mm -hmm. He needed to do what he needed to do to win. Yeah. He makes his move. I mean, like that's what that's why you play the game. Mm -hmm. Um. LeBron he went to the heat and brought people with him. I mean, he brought one person he with him. Well, he brought Bosch with him. Yeah. But there were also a lot of role players that, that came, came with, with him. That
0: came with, yeah, yeah. Um, was it, uh,
1: what's his name? Rash- Rashad Lewis? Was Rashad Lewis. Rashad Lewis, yeah, yeah. Um, like... He was a key player. Like, even Ray Allen, Ray Allen. Like, uh, Mike Miller. You know, like, people like that who were just like, they came along with LeBron because LeBron was there. yeah the fact that the warriors were established before kd joined, joined in. it was kind of like the monstars adding another mm-hmm. player um yeah. and so monstars. i feel like that's a lot that's another like that's a, an, another reason why he's yeah. getting backlash is because they were an established franchise yeah. who was already winning they didn't need the help Well, sort of a legacy too because
0: the year before kd came in they had just had the 73 and 9 mm-hmm. no record
1: and so it's like this team just won 73 games. They're already winning titles, and then they add KD. They add a super—yeah, yeah. Like, what is this about? Um, yeah. And so I feel like people are like, oh, like, LeBron was doing the super teams first. Yeah. I don't think it was the same situation. I think it's just because of his caliber and the uh, what kind of a player
0: that he is and what kind of a leader that he is. I think he just attracts the sort of players. Mm. And, like, you see it time and time again. Like, when he was in uh, Cleveland, he didn't really have anyone— that's why he's sort of like I, I. want to start winning. He moves to the Heat and just attracted a group of guys. Mm. And Cleveland completely, you know, went out of playoff contention. They get Kyrie. They weren't doing too well. They move. He moves back to Cleveland, and he again he brings players with him. He brings yeah. Kevin Love and excuse me and other uh, other players. And you know he finally brings the championship to Cavs. And I see what you're saying. Yeah. And the
1: thing is also um, going back to even like the Jimmy Butler example. Yeah. Um. I personally think that a big reason why he left mm-hmm. was not even just the money thing mm-hmm. but when he was saying like that they don't want to win. Like I saw that before he requested his trade. Yeah. Um there they have immense talent on that team. Carl Anthony Towns, I think he has so much talent.
0: He has so much potential.
1: He's he has not so much potential yeah. and he's just not stepping into that. Yeah, Wiggins. I think he's overrated.
0: Mm, I personally agree. do.
1: I agree. Um, but I also think that you know, a, a solid point guard with Jeff Teague, like that, can just complement the scores. Yeah. Um, but the question that always came up is like, they were always becoming like the eight seed in the playoffs. Like, yeah. is that an eight seed team? Yeah. No. Yeah. And so, I think a big reason why Jimmy Butler left is because of that. Um, yeah. Also, it's a money thing. Um, but he left, yeah. and to be honest, I do not think it's gonna work out in Philly. I don't think so too. I, uh, we just
0: had this conversation um in episode two, and I can't really say um how well it's gonna work, because right now, yes, Jimmy Butler is a great player. He's a good player, great defensive player. He can impact the flo- uh the floor in two ways, but he's a perimeter player. And the way the NBA has, you know, uh, progressed, the perimeter game, not like it's absolutely obsolete, but it's getting, it's not as valuable as stretching the floor and shooting threes. And right now, you know, the players that you're really looking for and teams are looking for floor, uh, are 3 and D players. And yes, he's a defensive player and he's a perimeter shooter. He's like a perimeter and defensive player. And they lost uh, three point, two three point shooters in Saric and uh, Covington. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Will it work? I don't know, um, especially with
1: faults. Fault, <sighs> and the thing is, yeah, that I think that the not winning enough in Minnesota, like when the report came out that Jimmy yeah. Butler played five on five with four three stringer, yeah. third stringers, third stringers, and him against the starters. Like, yeah. first thing, Jimmy Butler walking into practice after all this stuff with the media. Yeah, if I'm on the team, I'm already mad about this. Yeah, so. If the starters are playing with anger, yeah, and they're still losing to third stringers, yeah, that says something. Yeah. Um, now going into Philadelphia, everybody that I talk to about the trade, they're like, Oh, that's a rip off. Like, how like how would they like allow this to happen, all this stuff, and it's like no. Philadelphia's big problem mm-hmm. was their defense. Yeah. And their perimeter shooting. Yeah. They lose two perimeter shooters. Yeah, Rocco is, like, one of the best, like, 3 and D players in the NBA. Like, he locks down Mm -hmm. on point forwards. He locks down on, you know, the best threes in the Mm -hmm. game. And so, it's like, who do you want to defend him now? Because Jimmy Butler... You put him on Kevin Durant, he's undersized. You put him on Giannis, he's undersized. You put him on Kawhi, he's undersized. And it's you take Covington out, and you're just like, okay, what do we have here now? You take Saric out. Now, Saric didn't even start. He came off the bench. Bench. But having that guy who's still a threat coming off the bench, Mm -hmm. he was a huge part of that team. And to let that go, to have Jimmy Butler... Who yeah. might even just be a rental for a year. Yeah. We don't even know. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're going all in, all chips are all on the table yeah. for this year. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, then I mean, I don't know what's next. Uh huh. And so, I mean, it's a very risky move yeah. by Philadelphia. If it pays off, then props to them. To be honest, I do not think it's going to pay off. I don't think
0: so either. I think the move might uh be more of a benefit to the Bucks than to the Sixers because I think the way um the Bucks are performing right now,
1: I think they have a real good chance to make the finals. I think that the reason that the Bucks are playing so well, yeah. is because they finally have a coach who's had the players buy into the system. Yeah, Jason Kidd. I'm not bashing his coaching style. I'm Great not player. Bashing, I'm not bashing his basketball yeah. knowledge, his IQ. Yeah. When he coaches he might have had a great philosophy in place. Yeah. He did not have the confidence to have everybody on the team buy into his yeah. system. Yeah. And so with that, that's why the Bucks were underperforming because they couldn't buy yeah. into the system. Then Joe Prunty comes in as the interim and it was the same thing. He might have had a great philosophy. He might had it. He might have had a great game plan, but nobody bought into mm-hmm. it. And so with that, I think that as an interim head coach if your team is underperforming, like, yeah, you still want to get them into the playoffs. If you're, you know, if no one's buying into the system, at least try and develop the young guys that are on the yeah. team. And he didn't do that with Thonmaker. He didn't do yeah. that with Brogdon. Like, yeah. Brogdon, yeah, rookie of the year. I haven't seen him, you know, progress yeah. while Prunty and Kidd were there. Yeah. Budenholzer steps in, and now he has this aggressive defensive style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And we're chucking up forty threes a game, like
0: Thon Maker making threes. Yo, Thon Maker
1: (laughs) tonight. That's hitting hit two threes earlier tonight. (laughs) Um, But really, just getting the defensive potential out of every single player, which is something that Budenholzer, the first day he came in, was saying. We are going to play defense. Mm -hmm. Eric Bledsoe, who was a I did not I do no, I did not like Eric Bledsoe last year. Yeah. I felt like not even before the playoffs. Okay. Before the playoffs I did not like him. Before he was in the Bucks or you're talking when he no, was in the Bucs? No, no, while well, he was on okay. the Bucks but before the playoffs when he got showed up by Terry yeah. Rozier. Yeah. I was like, yo, he has great athleticism. Uh-huh. Great defensive potential. Mm. And he's a great playmaker. People were comparing him to LeBron That's when crazy. he was on the Suns. Yeah. People were comparing him to LeBron when he came into the league. Yeah. I didn't see anything close to that. And so I'm like, okay, you have great defensive potential and you're a playmaker, like let me see that. Mm-hmm. And inconsistent on the ball, turnovers easily, not playing defense like he should. And so Budenholzer comes in this year, everybody on the floor is playing defense. Brogdon has progressed to a good number 2 guard. Yeah. You know, Middleton is going to have is having an All-Star season. I feel like he can be an All-Star in the Eastern Conference this year. Mm-hmm. Giannis Spreading the floor out, you know, they're still trying to develop his three-point shot. Yeah, I don't think that he needs a three-point shot at this moment. I feel like... Especially adding Brooke Lopez. The thing is, I feel like having a three-point shot will open up everything else in his arsenal. Because, like, right now, he takes 81% of his shots in the restricted area. Mm -hmm. And so... If he's always in there, like, you could see it's already working. Yeah. But now he steps out. He hit two threes tonight. Yeah. He steps out, and they leave him open on the three-point line, and he's hitting threes. Yeah. Then they have to go, and they have to commit to stopping the three, mm. and then that opens up everything. Brooke Lopez the other night hit eight threes. He was chucking from, like, four feet behind the three-point line, and he was hitting. Like, stuff like that to just – I think that was one of the most underrated, but like, greatest offseason moves this I agree. offseason is bringing Brook Lopez in on a veteran's minimum I agree. and now he just spreads the floor we rebound better we play yeah. defense better um and now it's just like every if, when you have five guys on the floor who can shoot the three it opens up a lot for yeah. Giannis it opens a yeah. lot for Bledsoe because Bledsoe when he's driving he puts his head down and nothing stops him yeah. and so i feel like small moves mm-hmm but also buying into the system has created a higher ceiling and a higher floor for Milwaukee.
0: That's cool. That's cool. I'm going to ask you more about that uh, later, mm-hmm. but right now we're going to go into sort of the youth ministry aspect. Cause uh, in the intro, I was saying how are your youth ministry major and you're actually a camp counselor with inspire. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your goal? Um, what, what do you want to achieve in a uh, youth ministry?
1: Um, well, yeah, as you said, I'm a youth ministry major. Um, I'm my whole life. I've been involved around ministry. Um, my dad's a pastor. Um, my mom's a choir director. I'm at the worship team. I'm on the worship team at my church. Um, my brother's a youth pastor, so I'm a youth leader at my church also. Um, and like, I just have a passion and a heart for youth, um, especially in inner cities. Yeah. Um, you know the camp Inspire that I work at. Um, is a is a sports camp for inner city kids. Um, and so we take kids from Philadelphia from all five boroughs of New York, um, inner cities in New Jersey, take them up to camp. Um, and we work on their craft, if it's basketball, if it's soccer for girls, if it's dance, um, we work on their craft, we train them um, every single day. But the real reason we're up there is so that we can it's an outreach. Um, To try and just minister and show them love that maybe they don't have um, Back, you know at home and so uh my end goal um, and my dream For youth ministry is when I become older when I'm out of college um, Becoming a youth pastor at a church um, Just being able to pour into that generation. Um, A lot of people say like oh like the youth is the church of tomorrow um, but really like the youth is the church of today of today yeah. Um, they're the ones that are going to be going out and reaching their friends They're the ones that you know a lot of times we see like all this crime happening all this, you know All this bad stuff happening and it's it's not always 40 50 year old adults. Mm-hmm. It's college-age kids It's yeah high school kids who are just so lost um, And so the who's gonna reach those people?
0: Yeah
1: Their friends are gonna reach them mm-hmm. And so really pouring into that generation, um, and my dream would to be become a, become a chaplain of a college or professional sports team, um, being able to pour into the guys and using sports, um, my love for sports as a ministry, um, to connect with them, um, as well. And so, um, my uncle, he does that, um for a college right now. Um, and he also goes around the country speaking to different colleges. Um, he spoke at University of Washington for their yeah. football team uh, yeah. last year. And so just seeing, like, how he's doing and, like, his ministry um, just expanding is something that really has caught my attention. It's so exciting to see. And so, yeah. With uh, For those, who,
0: uh, th- those listening that don't really know uh, what youth ministry is, you want to talk a little, b- little bit about that? And how um, are you using sports as, like, because how does it work? Because, like, when people think youth ministry and, like, through sports, people are like, oh, are you just coaching him? Are you teaching him? Like, you can sort of talk about um, how the camp is set up. Okay. Like, oh, uh, we, we sit him down first and we tell him about the word or what, what do you okay. guys do? Yeah.
1: Um, so, like, youth ministry um, is really just sharing the gospel um, of Jesus Christ and showing the love of Christ to, you know kids that are in middle school high school um that age group and uh at inspire sh- excuse me um at inspire <laughs> the way we do things is uh kids come up to camp for a week um what a day kind of looks like is flag raising in the morning then breakfast and then we have our sports specialty time which is like we work on the, and we train them in their sport for yeah. two and a half hours mm-hmm. um And then we have competition. Then we have lunch. So everything is all like sports oriented at camp. Um, and we have lunch. And then the other half of camp that didn't have sports in the morning has it in the afternoon right after lunch. Um, And while sports is going on, the other half of camp will do their outdoor activities like canoeing and zip lining and hiking and all that, all the camp activities that um, you would usually see at any camp. And then after that, there's dinner and then. It's our club time after dinner. Now club is really like our church service type thing, um, so always opens up with a skit, um, and like the MCs come out dressed in costumes like mm-hmm. as characters. And so I was an MC this past year, um, also with one of my friends, um, and then we do worship. I was also on the worship team. Um, I played bass for the worship team, and I also played piano and sang. Um, and then like we'll bring in a speaker. Now, a speaker will talk um, really about how, like, Jesus is God and, like, Jesus wants to have a friendship with um, these kids. And so we'll bring in speakers. Like, we had the strength and conditioning coach from the New York Giants come. Oh, wow. Um, we'll have, you know, like, pe- players from the New York Red Bulls have come mm-hmm. and, spe- and spoke. Um, the chaplain of the New York Knicks, Juan Garcia, yeah. um, he spoke at he speaks at camp um, yeah. every year. Um, so just, like, different type of uh, – Speakers will come in and they'll talk about like Jesus and like their testimony, um, and, like their story on how Jesus changed their life. And so, uh, after that, then we go back to our cabins, have small groups, have small group time where we just really dive deeper than how the speaker did and like get to know each kid personally and like how maybe the message impacted that kid. Um, and really just opening up the word and uh, just diving in and asking questions and seeing how the kids answer um you know this past year i had a lot of kids who really had to grow up fast um was kind of an eye-opener this past year had 12 year olds who were talking about how um like they lost loved ones yeah um how they had to grow up and take care of their siblings um and like how like they were you know in a really deep place and it's like They go through things that I haven't gone through in Mm the 19 years of my life. And they're 11 and 12, and they have to be the man of the house now. And so really just um, hearing these stories of these kids and taking them through camp, showing them love that they might not have at home, um, and really giving them a light and giving them the message of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. so they can share with their friends. Um, But then after a week of camp, they're gone. Yeah. They go back to their cities. We connect them with a church in their cities so that yeah. they can maintain and shine that light and be a light where there yeah. really is only darkness. Yeah. Um, so that's really how Inspire works. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I really think what you, uh, the work you're doing with
0: Inspire is like really, really important, especially in this day and age. Thanks. Um, and I think it's really seeing um, the impact that ministry has had in sports, not just you know in the youth, but also. Um, in professional level you have more athletes that are um more outspoken about their faith mm. and in turn like there are kids that are like oh wow like this guy's not ashamed of his faith like mm. if he could talk about it on TV I can tell my my friend about it mm. um and what I like about it, inspire that you, you actually get the kids plugged into a local church and I think that's the most important thing because yeah once you uh, the kid leaves the camp that's like he wouldn't know what to do um and I think, why I think the having him plugged into a to a local church is where to sort of help him grow up, grow some more. Um, that's that's really awesome. Uh, if for those of you who are interested um, in helping out, inspire or um, or just want to learn more about it, I'll be putting the uh, website in the description. Um, that was awesome. Is there anything else you want to say about the topic?
1: Um. Really, I guess when you're touching on like athletes who are outspoken about mm-hmm. their faith. Um, you really see, like, just how awesome, you know, the Lord is in certain athletes' lives. Um, yeah. And, like, you obviously know, like, everybody knows, like, Steph Curry is, like, yeah. outspoken about his faith. Yeah. Um, One of my favorites is Case Keenum last year. Mm. Um, After the Minnesota miracle, you know. <laughs> I and, remember watching And, like, just seeing how it crazy, crazy it was. And, like, the play was you know legendary it's historical yeah. and it will be historical forever but in my mind the interview after asking him hey what are you going to do is like i'm going home to my wife i'm you know hanging out with her but also like i love the lord the lord has blessed me with so many yeah. things um and him just giving credit to the lord even last year after the national championship mm-hmm. with Tua Tua yeah. Tagovailoa the yeah. quarterback for Alabama like yeah. him being outspoken about his faith um, and you see, like, all these big names in sports now, like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Outspoken about his faith. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, like, players now. Not just in basketball. You were just
0: mentioning, you know, football players for those uh, basketball listeners in uh, mm-hmm. football. And uh, what I like, really, is there are now... Well, I guess they've existed for a while, but they've really just risen into prominence um, through recent years. Um, teams that would travel... Not only like to different uh, states or what the different countries, um, like athletes in action, mm-hmm. um, but I think just have an impact and you just play, you know, against professional players and stuff like that. Um, it's just such a, it's crazy, It's yeah. crazy now. Cause I remember growing up where it wasn't really a thing. We you'd, you'd hear rumors here and there, and like you, you wouldn't really know. Yeah. And now I think it's more of because of the day and age that we're in, like with social media. And the amount of um, access we have, like to the internet, and um, it's easier for these people to be outspoken. Yeah, about, about their faith. Um, but get, also,
1: yeah. um, like NBA Africa. Yeah. Like the NBA, like U S Team USA versus the world. Like it's not a big event. Yeah. But like just seeing like how. These athletes work so hard and like do a lot of service in Africa yeah. before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, like that whole week. It's like it's something awesome to see, like how they're really impacting the community. Yeah. And then they have the game for them and like everybody comes out yeah. and they're all just like there. Yeah. Um it's something that's really awesome to see. Yeah. So I just wanted to add that yeah. before you wrapped up.
0: Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing I loved really. I love the uh, every time we have players that go to the Philippines, they never go like sometimes they would, you know, teach clients in the big schools, but for the most part they go to the streets. Because, um, I don't know if I told you about this, but uh, in, in the Philippines, like, every street has a hoop, every subdivision has, every village has a um, a covered court. And, like, they just go into the streets and play with the kids. And I think it's really important, you know, to have the impact in the kids' lives. Yeah. Like, the kid's going to remember that Uh you know as long as they live um i was just wrapping up the youth ministry mm-hmm. will, i'm going to ask you a, a little bit more about basketball questions i just want right. to uh cuz i love the conversations that we have you know at like 12 1 a.m. in the morning <laughs> uh, back to the bucks you talk a lot, a lot about the bucks and um in the previous episode i was on you know Enzo RJ and Garnell and we were talking about dark horse teams and i said hey my dark horse team is uh, the bucks cuz well, well one i think uh that Giannis is having an incredible season. If he mm-hmm. stays consistent, I think, uh, he might be an uh, MVP. Um, but especially with the move of Jimmy Butler and, you know, everything going around. Uh, I think that if the bucks stay consistent, I think they have a good chance to make it to the finals. Cause right now they're probably Uh, I would put 76ers as the number four team of the East right now. I'd put, you know, the Raptors, the bucks, and then the Celtics. Uh, and I think, there's a if they stay consistent, no one gets injured. Giannis stays healthy. Mm-hmm. I think they could make uh, make the finals. So my question for you is, um, if they make the finals, let's say they play the Warriors, because the Warriors are the favorites. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, what changes do the Bucks need to make to be the Warriors, or do they not need to
1: make any changes? Um, well, I think that one, the culture still needs to change in Milwaukee. Okay. Um, cause this group of players that we have right now, like, they don't know how to win yet. Uh Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, it's awesome to see how great the success that they're having in the regular season. Yeah, And, like, everyone says, like, the playoffs is a totally different game. And they're right. But also, it's, like, always being, like, discouraged about a second round, a first round exit, first round exit, first round exit. It's, like, if Budenholzer can change that culture really quick, then I feel like making the finals is a very um, reasonable... um, I guess standard and mm-hmm. goal for them um, to beat the Warriors. Um, I feel like they need to be shooting the three as well as they are now, if not better. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Giannis and Middleton, or Giannis and somebody else, will okay. probably have to average over twenty-eight points. Yeah. Um, but I think the you don't think Middleton could be that guy. Y- it could be Middleton. It could be Bledsoe. Okay. Because I know Middleton's gonna be, Clay is gonna be guarding Middleton, mm-hmm. and so I feel like Bledsoe on Steph Curry. I feel like it's a reasonable thing. Yeah. And so, um, I guess Giannis and somebody else, whoever it is, would have to. Yeah. Um. Would have to average at least yeah. twenty eight points, but also I think that one of their big three. Hmm. And Boogie's gonna be back by then, also. Yeah. So I think that one of their big three, Curry, Clay, yeah, or KD, um, we're gonna have to shut down at least once KD. a game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, once a game, because and to be honest, I think the scariest is Clay. I agree. I think the scariest is Clay because yeah, you see these games where he's like, okay, like. He shoots, like, 6 for 15 from yeah, 3. Yeah. But it's also there's those games where he's shooting, like, yeah. 14 for 18 from 3 and putting up 50 points. And it's like, he catches fire, yeah. he's not missing. I think it's
0: – he just moves so well without the ball, and he has just such great chemistry with the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I honestly think – I've been saying this for years. I think that he has a better shot than Curry and KD. I think the only reason that um, – look, for – Curry gets more points. Well, first of all, his release is mad quick. It's yeah. crazy cuz uh growing up, you're taught to release the shot at the peak of your jump. Curry releases He's it on the, the way, way up. up. Like that's the way his dad shot, Dell Curry. Um and so he was taught to do that because he was short, you know, growing up and when he was in Davidson he shot like that. So with the Warriors he shot like that too. KD can just shoot over everyone and I think um if Clay had those like characteristics, I feel like he would have he would mm. be a better shooter. But I think form wise, I think he's he has the best shot among among those three guys. Oh yeah, um, and again back to uh, what you said about Boogie, I'm not worried about Boogie. Like people are like, oh man, you're so stupid, you're crazy, like to
1: not be worried. The thing is, is Boogie is going to be better than Damian Jones, yeah. and so yeah. Damian, the best thing about yeah. the Warriors is that the five, you know, whoever yeah. was playing the five, yeah. could rebound at least yeah. a little bit. You know, like, Damian Jones isn't I think that guy.
0: The, I think that's the biggest thing that he could bring. I and, just don't think... Yeah. Because, well, first of all, I don't think that his game just fits well with the team. I mean, Steve Kerr is a great coach, and KD, uh, Draymond, Curry, Clay, Iguodala, like, they're great players, and they could sort of adapt to the player and the caliber of DeMarcus Cousins. I'm not saying he, I think he's a great player. I think DeMarcus oh, Cousins yes. is a great, great player. Um, and it sucks that he got injured because he definitely de- deserved that, um, max you know, that max contract. max yeah. contract, yeah. um But he was... He's only going to be cleared, like, two games before the regular season ends, and I don't think... That's when he's cleared. I don't think he, if that's when he's 100%. So I don't know how well he's going to mesh. That's why I'm not too worried about it. um But, yeah, I, I don't, I'm i not really not too worried about, about that move. I don't think that he can run with those guys, especially recovering from an, uh, Achilles, an Achilles, injury. Achilles injury. I think that's the biggest thing. If yeah. it was anything else, I, I would be worried. Um, and I don't think he's staying past one year. So Because well, at the max they could give him is maybe $5.7 million, And he, if he does well, he's, he's out of there. He, yeah. if, he, if he does well, he's definitely out of there. Yeah. Um, back to the Bucks roster. I, I The biggest thing that I've seen... That they lack is really maturity, and like they need like a veteran that could just lead this team. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean need to be a veteran with with a championship, whatever you know. It needs to be just a guy that could that just could be like the role model, the leads by example. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who who that guy's gonna be. Uh, I hope they don't lose any of their key guys to get him. Um, but this this team's looking really good. I one of my favorite additions to this team actually is a. Uh, freshman uh Trevon Duval. I really liked him to do I didn't want him to leave actually. I felt like he could really have um I could have, I think he could have done well if mm. he stayed for one more year. Uh, and, you know, using that as a transition, um you said you're a big ba- big, 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 big college basketball yeah, fan. Yes
1: sir. Uh what do you think of Duke's dominance? Are you like surprised at all or like Um I definitely thought that Zion Williamson was gonna have to stay over uh, for at least two years to, to be effective really, in the NBA. Yeah, to yeah. really develop to be effective in the NBA. Yeah. Um, from the way it's looking now, I mean, I've it seems like he's quicker than he was in high school. Yeah. It seems like he's, you know, he has a better handle. Um, looks and much it, more fit. Really. Yeah. And he looks a lot more fit, and I thought, I really thought that he was. Just a guy who could jump, yeah. and He could dunk and it was just like uh, power, yeah. yeah. But I mean, he's averaging 11 rebounds a game. Yeah, he's averaging 29 points a game. It's like mad hops. and it's like you've <laughs> seen this guy jump. That's crazy. The thing is also like he's putting himself in position to do more than just be flashy and yeah. get SportsCenter top tens. Yeah, you know. Um, and so I mean, I feel like he really knows his role in this team. Yeah. Um, you know, I love I love R J Barrett. I'm I'm a big fan of his. Um and then Cam Reddish the other night. Cam Reddish, man. Hitting seven threes the other yeah. night. Um, like really just that Yeah is something that's scary. Yeah. Um because if he's firing all the time, yeah. like then this is going to be one of the greatest Duke teams, if not the greatest Duke team in history. Yeah. Um Trey Jones, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um. I was reading an article the other day on Trey Jones. Um, and like how he kind of sat in on the recruiting of his older brother Tyus. Yeah. Um, and like Trey would have posters. Yeah. Of that's a good team, by the way. Tyus Jones, great, Justice Winslow, yeah. great. Jilla team. Okafor, yeah. Um, Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook. He put up twenty-seven the other night. Yeah. Um, it's a good story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trey Jones would have posters of Duke championships yeah. on his wall and this kid was 12 years old when Tyus was getting recruited um, and then Tyus' team wins the NBA, the NCAA championship NCAA. and then he has a picture of Tyus in his room now mm-hmm. and like now he's waiting so that he can put a picture of him, of him yeah. in his room um, and like he was telling Tyus to go to Duke ever since sh- Coach K showed up to their house and tried yeah. to recruit him. Um and so Trey has Trey has really been a due commitment since he was like 12 years old. Yeah, like I bet. um and so like it was kind of it was that's kind of cool just school, seeing that. That's crazy, yeah. yeah. Um the one thing that I'm nervous about for this team mm-hmm. is that if the offense if the starting five isn't firing on all cylinders, what will happen when they have sp- off nights, yeah? yeah who's who's gonna going spark? who's going to be the spark off the bench? Yeah. And like their bench players right now are playing six seven minutes. Like there's not really a a good scorer coming off the bench. Yeah. And so it's like who's gonna provide that spark? And so I mean, that's the one thing that I'm kind of, I guess. Yeah. Iffy about is because they're yeah. not as deep as I'd like them to be. And so I'm not gonna say like oh they're all out gonna win the national championship, yeah. but. I mean, if they're firing they're, on all cylinders, they are a great team, they're and they can definitely be yeah, something special.
0: Yeah. And especially with Coach K at the helm, he, he could definitely lead them to the yeah. championship. Uh, definitely R.J. Barrett, uh, Cam Reddish, Zion Williamson, they're definitely like the three best players in college basketball, hmm. uh, and they'll probably be like the top three picks in the NBA draft. Um, if you were to pick a, a player on your team, was it... Is it gonna be Zion, RJ? Who, who 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 would you take number one, or who do you think is gonna go number one?
1: Um, I think RJ goes number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that his athleticism, with also just his shooting touch, yeah, um, is something that's special that we have. You know, something some you know this talented prospect coming into the NBA. I feel like RJ could average twenty in his rookie season next yeah. year, at least twenty. Um he's a great shooter. Yeah. Um he's great in the lane. Great um, vision, great vision, great, great vision. IQ. Yeah. Um I just feel like RJ is all around a complete, complete player. player. Um and so going into the NBA won't be anything like yeah. crazy different for yeah. him um other than just like the competition being raised a little bit, but yeah. he's also um a product of his environment. Yeah. So if the if everybody around him raises their talent level, yeah. he raises his as well. And so, I mean, I feel like RJ goes number one. And then depending on team needs. Team needs, yeah. Um, I think Zion's one of those players. Zion
0: and RJ are one of those players that... uh, Because there there are two reasons, right? There are two reasons why you'd get a drafted player. Either one, they're too good to pass up. Or two, you need them for your team. I think RJ and Zion are those players that you just can't pass up. Can't pass pass up. up. Yeah. But having RJ and Zion both on the board, you really need to look at your team composition um i asked because my friend brad shout out to brad uh brad nana he asked me that question i was actually hoping you're gonna say zion because i was definitely gonna say rj because he told me like zion zion's gonna be like number one pick right right i'm like i should think rj's a better player um like yeah you know he's a freak of nature zion's a freak of nature he
1: could be big absolutely big they're saying that like he weighs more than everybody on duke's offensive line for football. <laughs> that's crazy. His hops are...
0: Yeah, he's crazy. The amount of power that he has, that's, that's crazy. But, uh, for the exact reasons that you said, um, I think RJ um, Barrett has a higher ceiling. I think um, so. Because, I, right now, may, maybe it's like 10, 5 years ago, pure athleticism. These guys, oof. But now you come to the game when you know shooting threes and great passes, great ball movement where sort there needs to be sort of a finesse to the game and I think RJ Barrett brings that and because of just the way that he plays I think he sort of fits to that mold mm. um but I don't know if Zion if RJ is going to be a better player in the long run than Zion I just feel like at the moment it looks like RJ has a better higher mm-hmm. higher ceiling um well th- that's that's what I think anyway uh now <laughs> I got to bring this up because you're a Big Wolverines fan, big, big yes, Wolverines fan. It must have felt good to watch the Nova game.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, it felt so good. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very excited for this season. Um, losing Mo Wagner, you know, losing Duncan Robinson. Losing... Great pickup, by the way, Mo Wagner. Great pickup. <laughs> I loved
0: him. I loved watching him in March Madness. <laughs> I had Michigan winning the whole thing.
1: Sucks he didn't win, but I love that he went to the Lakers. Great move. Um, and then, like, also losing Muhammad Ali Abdul-Rachman. Um, yeah, who, the really, yeah. yeah <laughs> um, who really just, like, was the runner of our offense, yeah. um, kind of just not sure where our team was going to be this year. Yeah. Um, but it looks like right now our identity is defense. Yeah. Um, and that's really what it's been the past few years and why we've gone so far. It's not because we were, you know, yeah, against Loyola, Chicago, yeah. we were lights out. Yeah. But, like, other than that, like, the first few rounds, yeah. like, we were putting up, like, 60 points, yeah. 50-something points, but we were playing great defense. Yeah. And so I feel like defense is – what's going to get us to yeah. where we end up at the end of the season. Um, and that's and to I'm like, oh, sorry. And to hold yeah. Villanova to 17 points in the first half... That's crazy. Um, you know, it could be a product of bad shooting. It could yeah. be a product of great defense. And yeah. uh, from what I saw, that was great defense that was yeah. being played. And I feel like everybody that's on the floor yeah. values defense. That's great to hear because you can't really... Like there's no off
0: night to to defense. Like mm. you can hear, like oh yeah, you know you just off night shooting. Oh we just didn't shoot well tonight. But defense that can't be an off switch. And when you have a team that understands that and and just like, uh, really that becomes their identity. Then you know great things happen. That's why I love working with uh Liberty Flames because they have a defensive identity mm. with a uh, Pac-12. A uh, shout out to Liberty. Great job in your win against Kent State. That was awesome. Um. Do you think that the, their win against Nova is a reflection of how good Michigan is, or how Nova sort of fell off the wagon?
1: Um, and why do you think that they lost that big? Like being, I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, I feel like Michigan's defense is the real deal. Yeah. Um, they're obviously not gonna be holding top ten teams to seventeen points in the first half all the time. Yeah. Um. But I think it's more, being a Michigan fan, I think it's more Nova still trying to find their identity, because their identity was really Jalen Brunson, Yeah. and then, like, they had secondary scorers, Dante DiVincenzo, shout yeah. out Milwaukee again. Yeah, but, uh, great addition. But I feel like it's Nova trying to find um, their identity again, yeah. trying to figure out what's the best for this team. Um. Is it Eric Pascal being their leading scorer? Yeah. I don't think so. Um, it's a lot of just trying to find out who's yeah. supposed to go where. Um, does I think Javon, if, is Javon Quinterly supposed to go back into the Javon, starting lineup? Yeah. He didn't play I too mean, much, too, when you played. Utah, yeah. So. Sh- shout out to Jersey, um, Jelly Fam, <laughs> Javon Quinterly, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Isaiah Washington. But, uh, you know, just trying to figure out, um, like, what their identity is. And I feel like that game is going to be a huge um, – I guess, staple um, for their season if it's going to be, oh, from this point on, we have improved or from this point on, we've struggled. Yeah. Um, I feel like that game is going to be something that, I guess, explains and, I guess, captivates their season. Yeah, that, that's sick. Uh, yeah, again, with, the, with, with Nova, I'm just thinking, like,
0: I told you this a while ago. I can't remember yeah. his name. Omar. Spellman. Amari Spellman. I really feel like he would have... He, he's like the first thing that, that jumps out at me that, that he would have really um, gotten in the most out of staying for one more year. Because I feel like he had, he had a great season last year. Um, but I feel like if he stayed for one more year, he would have been way more. But obviously it's hard when you're already... You know, when, when your stock's that high and you don't know, like, if you're mm-hmm. gonna get injured, because if you get injured, you know your stock drops. And uh, I can't fault him for moving, by uh, for moving to the NBA. But I feel like he really, uh, not just it would help Villanova, but I feel like he would have developed more as a player if he stayed for a warmer year. And I think mm-hmm. it would have been better for his career if he stayed healthy and his stock didn't drop. Um, last two questions. Yeah. It's more of a f- fun, fun question. Not, yeah. not much for a- analyzing. Uh, who's your dark horse team? Uh, let's start with the NBA because you're a big college basketball and big NBA fan. We'll go kind of both, try to kind of keep it brief. Okay. Uh, you already know. I think it's gonna be Michigan. Uh, not Michigan. Not Michigan. <laughs> Milwaukee. Yeah. The Bucks. That's uh, that's what I think. It doesn't need to be a team that you can win the whole thing. It could be a team that just surpasses expectations. What's your team that will su- surpass expectations? Let's start with the NBA.
1: Um, NBA. I feel like. Depending on how quickly Karis LeVert comes back, okay, I feel like Brooklyn could make if, playoffs. I feel like they could sneak in. Really, I do. I think that Lo playing nice too. Huh? D'Lo, yeah. I feel like Jarrett Allen is their big man of the future. Joe um, Harris. Joe Harris Shout coming on Joe. the wing. Yeah. Um, but really, like Karis LeVert before he got hurt. Yeah. Like he was playing at an all-star level. Yeah. And that's not something that Brooklyn has seen from any player.
0: This is not a Michigan bias, huh? Oh, no. Not at
1: all. Um, But also, like, just seeing that um, was really awesome. Yeah. Uh, So, I feel like Brooklyn is going to surprise people this year. If not making the playoffs, they'll be a late lottery pick. Okay. Uh, For the NCAA, who's your surprise team? Who's your dark horse? Um, I feel like... I like Kansas State. I like mm. Dean Wade. Um, big fan of him. Uh, you know, just I love a good, like, big man who can shoot. Yeah. Obviously, Mo Wagner. I'm a big fan of him. Mo Wagner. Um, but also, I feel like the Big Ten as a conference. Yeah. There are five or six teams that can compete. Um, you know, every, everybody always looks at Michigan State. Like, yeah. They're good. Michigan, they're good. Yeah. Um, Romeo Langford is being the star that everybody thought he was yeah. going to be in Indiana. Yeah. Um, Penn State. Penn State is starting to become a school where basketball is actually watched. They look really good, yeah. Um, so Penn State has been, you know, doing their thing. Iowa. Iowa's been doing their thing for the past few years. Um, they've been, like, literally a win or two away from the tournament almost every year. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of all the teams, uh, like, those five teams in the Big Ten. Um, even Purdue, obviously. Like, yeah. Carson Edwards could be Naismith Player of the Year. Um, right. I'm a big fan of Carson Edwards, even though I'm a Michigan fan. Um, he has immense talent. Um, and so I feel like the Big Ten as a whole, you're going to see their name. You know, you're going to see their team's names a lot more in the tournament this year than you you usually would. So
0: That's cool, that's cool. Uh, For me, I think uh, Loyola. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if they'll make all the way to final four. I think they can make elite eight. Uh, they have a really good, uh, still really good team. Crutwig, who was such a great post player, such yeah, he played with such pa- uh, such patience and being a freshman, with that much patience in the paint, mm-hmm. uh, you don't see a lot of college players nowadays that you know big men that play with their back to the rim. And I think mm-hmm. it was really refreshing. Um, Marcus Towns, still a great player. I I think, yes, they lost to Furman. I'm not too worried. For him, as a good team, uh, but I think they're just trying to figure out. It's just an er- a early loss. I don't think it's going to affect, affect yeah. them too much. And I feel like, uh, again, with with the culture,
1: I think the culture's still there. Mm. I think also, um, like, I'm just excited to see Dedrick Lawson mm. um, at Kansas. I'm excited to see Bill Self came out in his press conference the other day said that Dietrich Lawson is the greatest passer that he's ever coached. Um and Lawson being like a six nine forward. Yeah. Being able to pass like that. Um, like his first game against Michigan State, yeah, they won. It was a rough game. He started off um pretty slow. Um, but he's starting to pick up. I'm excited to see um where it takes you know, where he takes Kansas. Yeah. Um I'm not a huge Kansas fan. I'm not a huge Bill Self fan. Yeah. But Seeing players like that transferring from Memphis, um, that's exciting. Also, speaking of Memphis, uh, Penny Hardaway coaching mm-hmm. Memphis. Yeah, I'm um, really
0: excited to see how. I am. What, yeah. What happens. I am,
1: hyped to see that. Yeah. I feel like, comparing that move to kind of like Herm Edwards coaching at Arizona State yeah. this year, um, getting some big wins. Yeah. Memphis doing their thing I feel like Memphis can make the tournament and they can make some noise mm-hmm. um so I'm excited to see how penny hardaway kind of works with that team and like how he how he coaches and stuff like that and so I mean I'm excited it's gonna be a great season uh again you're you're saying you know
0: penny hardaway being a coach one of the coaches I'm actually excited uh i've seen I can't remember his name save my life uh he's a coach out of Pittsburgh he was like the right hand man of a uh, Coach K, do you remember his name?
1: Yes, I can't. I know who you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, think I just want. I, I don't know how good they're gonna be this year. I think uh, he definitely needs like two, three, four years before we see um, the big improvement, picture, yeah. big yeah. improvement. But I think I, I'm excited to see see where that goes. Mm. Uh, I can't say um, dark horse teams without shouting out my UCLA Bruins. Uh, I mean, by dark horse, I think they can make the Elite Eight. Uh, Moses mm. Brown is the real thing, man. He Moses M- M- Brown is such a beast. Uh, I definitely think we would have gone deeper if uh, Sharif was with us. Um, wish you best in your recovery, man. Uh, but, again, with Jalen Hans, Chris Wilkes, I think, you know, we're going to have a really good year. I just hope that our co- uh, Steve Alford would, you know, do – just just make the moves, you know, and the rotations of the roster and just keep keep his guys in check. I really thought we could have gone much deeper uh, when we had Lonzo Ball and um, TJ. TJ Leaf. Yeah, TJ Leaf and uh, his his kid.
1: Yeah, Bryce. Yeah, I, I just
0: I just feel like it could have been uh, freaking Kentucky. That's a mm. crazy game. Uh, and uh, UVA, they're going to come back. I don't know how deep they're going to go. Uh, I think they're still the best defen- defensive team Yeah. and uh, NCA easily. Uh, VTech. Yeah, Liberty we played them exhibition game. Uh they're looking really good. No Black Shear? Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. If he can if he can just lock in and keep trending the way he's trending, he's gonna be really, really good. And um What's his name? Justin Robinson. Justin Robinson, he's a great guard. <laughs> great guard, man. And I like I like how in his a press conference he was like, I think I'm the best point guard in the uh in the country right now, it's like dang. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like that confidence. Play with, you gotta play, with, you that gotta play swag. with confidence. I think, I think they could they could be real good. Mm. Uh, they looked really good last year. I think they're gonna be much better this year. Um, and of course, I can't not say Liberty. Um, I've worked with them closely. They have. Last year we could have done much better. Last year I was kind of disappointed in the way our season went, but I'm good that uh, I'm not good. I'm happy that you know we made the. The championship sucks that, you know, we lost the way we did. For those who don't know, uh, Liberty played Radford in the finals. We upset the one seeds, to make it to the finals. And uh, we lost it in buzzer beater, so we didn't make the tournament. And, oh, man. Mm. What sucks was it? everyone knows that I worked with a team and everyone knows I worked in basketball. So I was like, oh, man, I'm sorry for the for the loss. But they're tagging me in all of the, like, the buzzer beater shots. Like, stop tagging <laughs> me. I don't need to see this 100 times today after seeing it live. That was crazy. That was crazy. Mm. But, yeah, I think – um, with addition of Keenan Gums, I think he's gonna be really good. Um, obviously, Scotty's still gonna be really good. Caleb's gonna be good. Uh, Lavelle, Georgie, we just have a great team, great mindset. We had great additions to our coaching staff, and I just feel like I believe that we could make the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a great, very, very tough schedule. We played UCLA. We just played Kansas State. We're playing Vanderbilt next week. Georgetown. We're playing Georgetown. Alabama. We'll play Alabama. And in our conference, you know, we have FGCU, we have Lipscomb, uh, we have a tough conference, but I feel like we can make the tournament. Um, and when we do, I feel like we could make the second round. That's yeah. what I think anyway. I think we're one of those teams that could upset, maybe even make the Sweet 16 if we lock in. And again, with the mindset of def- defense, i uh, get that defensive mindset locked in, because I think we could be one of the best uh, defensive, mm-hmm. if not like top 10 defensive um, teams in the country. Well, uh, the
1: big thing about yeah. Liberty is that we can shoot free throws, and yeah. that's that's something that a lot yeah. of teams um, take for granted. Yeah. Um, but just need to get a to team, the line a more. team that can make their free throws. Yeah. If we get to the line more, it's we could be dangerous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but also shout out to the managers. Oh yeah. Um, shout out top ten <laughs> in the country for basketball. The managers. Um. <laughs> Make our university proud. Oh yeah, oh um, yeah. We want to see you guys flying out. Yeah, uh, to the Final Four. So let's yeah. go.
0: Yeah, uh, Evan, thank you for joining. No B-Stream, problem, man. Thank it's you. awesome to have you. It's a privilege. Uh, for those of you who wanted to learn more about Inspire, I will have the website in the description. Uh, for those listening, please support me on Anchor. It will help greatly. If you're not listening on Anchor, uh, any if you can move to Anchor, that'd be great. But uh, you can catch me on uh, on all. Uh, on all major podcast listening devices. Uh, I will be releasing episodes every Friday at midnight, so it's like that midnight Friday. Stay tuned in. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you like it, please subscribe. Please share it to your friends. Let me know what you think. Give me comments, hit me up on my Instagram. I will reply, you can, uh, for any business uh, questions, email me at EnzoCsen at gmail.com. Again, it will be in my description. Thank you guys uh, for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. That's romantic. I'm gonna reach the pylon. Pull up and start with a python. Pull up and start with
1: a python. Why they got their eyes on huh? me and you and me and you, your mama and your cousin too. Ain't too much of a big boy, but I got like three snacks. Ooh, ooh, wee. I don't speak French, I say let, say la vie, I hate stress. Then I sip that fresh breath. Slap into my fragrance, I got smile. But it don't last I got life But it's gon' pass I got flesh But it reek I got flesh But it's weak Dinner rolls But I don't eat I got much
0: to say But I don't speak